The buildup to Super Bowl 58 continues here on the BetQL Network, live coast to coast, and inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it today and take us with you, including everybody out in Vegas uh, this week and those of us back here holding down the fort uh, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL, and, of course, on YouTube as well. Aaron Hawksworth has the day off. Chris Mack alongside Joe Ostrowski. It is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Lightning bets before we wrap up in 20 minutes. We play another edition of Nickel or Dime. Uh, And yes, there will be Super Bowl 58 bets involved. We've gone through plenty of props today, including Super Bowl MVP. That buildup, like I said, will continue throughout the week. And forget throughout the week, on a nightly basis now, it feels like, oh, Top 10 team on the road in college basketball. Yeah, I just uh, chalk up the L there. And I I took one. Guilty as charged on Kansas last night. Isaac Trotter of 24-7 Sports joins us to talk about all of it. Uh, morning, Isaac. First, let's start there in the Little Apple, Manhattan last night. Um, I know, and I, I was a dummy. I read your column yesterday talking about the top 10 teams. <laughs> and you're like, hey, don't be surprised if Kansas goes on the road, loses in Manhattan, doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, especially the way they played Saturday night against Houston. But I was like, nah, they're rolling. They got this. No, pro- no, no. Second half was sloppy. Overtime even sloppier. And they fall 75-70. Does it mean anything, though, in the grand scheme of things when, like I said, on a nightly biz- uh, basis, we see – top 10 teams go on the road in conference and lose. Man, you know, I don't want to take a victory lap for that one because I felt like the <laughs> one side of the rim there for Kansas like was like something was up with that rim. They had like nine mm-hmm. points go in and out halfway down that rim and out. It was it was weird. But yeah, it's one of those situations where I have a lot of grace right now with road teams in the Big 12. Just this is life in the Big 12. You're going to go on the road. You're going to lose. And it really doesn't mean anything in the long run. Like, yeah, maybe my opinion on Houston changed a little bit, right, When they, when they with what they were able to do against uh, Kansas. And I've had some concerns about them, like we've talked about at times throughout this with their shot diet. But even with Kansas, like, yeah, like they're going to go on the road. They're going to lose. They're a thin team. It was 48 hours after a, a really emotional game. I still yep. think it's one of the teams that has, you know, one of the best fastballs in all of college basketball. And Bill Self, when he has a little bit of time to prepare for a game, like he's he's awesome. He's got 99 with movement too. Yeah, I mean, there's just – there's also the in-state rivalry factor with that one. Not only the, the Big 12 road team, but for that team going to Manhattan, how difficult it is. You know, on a Tuesday, wouldn't normally do this, but – There have been so many notable things every day, it feels like, in college basketball. People that haven't even uh, taken a complete dive in until after the Super Bowl, like, it's still bleeding out. Like, you're hearing about stuff going on. I mean, we've just been lucky the last few days with all of these matchups of top 10 teams going at it. Um, Purdue, Wisconsin on Sunday, and then... Saturday as well. You know, Kentucky's defense is just horrendous. That was on display again. What, what else? Something that we have not addressed. So besides Houston or Kansas over the last few days that you think is worth discussing? Yeah, I would look at Duke's transition defense. Uh, they gave up 27 points in transition uh, against North Carolina, one of their worst transition outputs of the season defensively. 
I wonder if that's an angle for us to attack moving forward. Like, can we look and find the teams that are really good mm-hmm. in transition? Is that an area that we can attack for Duke? Because that's something that I thought they were not connected at all defensively. Now, maybe they get that shorn up a little bit and stuff like that. But that's one angle I was certainly looking at. You know, the Houston thing as well, right? Like, I we've talked about how, you know, they I think just 25% of their shots come at the rim. 25%. So the new thing I'm calling it is jump shot roulette. 75% of their shots are jumpers. Like, good luck. Sometimes they're going to go in and sometimes they're not. That's a tough way to win. So maybe those are the two little angles that I keep attacking. And, you know, sometimes it's it's easy to like, we look at numbers. Numbers lie all the time, right? And I think we'll see that tonight with Clemson, North Carolina. Numbers are going to lie to us a little bit with that tonight. And how do we attack it? How do we move forward? But using our eyes and and seeing and finding some of these angles could be could be worth monitoring moving forward. Let's talk about that Clemson, North Carolina game. Because one of the interesting things you pointed out in your in your top 10 column yesterday is just how careful North Carolina is with the basketball, right? And turnover margin, I imagine, has to be something we're looking at down the stretch as well. No question. Yeah. Uh, right now, North Carolina on pace for their best ever turnover rate, lowest ever turnover rate in the internet era, just about 14%. And when you're able to get good shots and then when you're able to offensive rebound as well at a high level, even when you do miss those shots, like that's that's a good thing there. But for me tonight with this Clemson, North Carolina spot, you know, Clemson this year is a good shooting team. But you look at their numbers in ACC play, they're dead last in the ACC during conference play and shooting from three. That's where I'm talking about numbers lying. Like everyone's going to look at it and go, oh, Clemson's a bad shooting team. No, they're not. Like this is a really, really good shooting team. P.J. Hall is one of the best shooting big men in the sport. Joe Girard has been a sniper throughout his career. So that makes me wonder if we could find some value tonight on Clemson against a North Carolina defense that has given up a plenty of unguarded catch-and-shoot threes this year. They've just been a little bit lucky with their opponents shooting just under 30% on those open threes. So that's some of the things I'm looking at. I do have two props for Clemson and North Carolina as well. Cormac Ryan, under one and a half assists, is plus money. He stayed under this number in 13 of the last 16 games. Clemson, one of the best teams in the country at limiting assists. And then Harrison Ingram, under 11 and a half rebounds. Uh, That's one of those situations. He had just four rebounds against Clemson earlier this year. And we're talking about it. If Clemson finds some shooting positive regression, that limits his amount of opportunities to get uh, rebounds, obviously. And then last game, I, I went back and rewatched that. Hey, why did why did a guy who's been dominating on the glass lately have just four rebounds against Clemson? That just doesn't make sense to me. Well, he was having to tangle with Ian Shefflin, one of the best rebounders in the country. He's just constantly felt like he was boxing him out. And it was a win for North Carolina if Harrison Ingram could keep Shefflin off the glass, not necessarily get the rebound himself. So I think Clemson, positive shooting regression. You know, they've only had two guys hit over 11 and a half rebounds against them all season long. That those those seem like a really nice spot for me tonight for for North Carolina Clemson. Well, I guess uh, we've got to go back to the Big 12 and talk about a couple of these matchups that we're going to have this evening. How about um, Texas? They're they're a home favorite, short favorite, minus two and a half against 14th ranked Iowa State. Uh, what do you see in this one? Yeah, I like Texas in this spot. This is one of those situations where I think that Rodney Terry's done a good job of changing his rotation to get more skill and more shooting on the floor. They're playing less uh, power forwards together at the same time. They had some times at the beginning of the year where it felt like they had three non-shooters on the floor at the same time, and that was a problem. They've switched to getting more ball handlers, more skill, more passing, more playmaking. And I was sneaky impressed with Texas against Houston a couple weeks ago with how they were able to handle that elite defense. And why 
why does that matter tonight? Well, Iowa State is kind of like Houston light with what they try to do defensively. They love to trap the post. They love to really blitz ball screens and put you in, in harm's way and try to turn you over. And I thought Texas's bigs did a good job of, of making the right read. So Texas is older. They're at home. You know, I know it. I know it's a spot where Iowa State lost last time. I know that Texas just come off a big road win at TCU, but I think this is a team that's starting to round into form. They, they need this one. They really need this one to keep buffing up their resume. And I think Texas is going to find a way to get it done. I, I would have liked that one and a half. I think it opened at one, one and a half, two and a half gets a little bit oh. dicey. If it's three and a half, yeah. I think it's a no bet. But if it's one and a half, I think that's a really good spot for Texas. What about Houston, Oklahoma State, twenty and a half? Uh, at home for the Cougars. I mean, there's the, you would think, emotional bounce back factor of getting embarrassed the way they did Saturday night against a, a team that's bottom third in the Big 12 in most stats in Oklahoma State. But 20 and a half, a big number, Isaac. Yeah, that's a no bet for me. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like this Oklahoma State team, I honestly think they're the worst team in the Big 12. Uh, they're the one of the youngest teams in the league. Um, you know, I, I worked on this story early in the season where I talked to a bunch of Big 12 coaches and all of them went with transfers. Oklahoma State went with freshmen. That hasn't gone very well. And then one of their best, most experienced guys, Bryce Thompson, is out with a labrum injury. So I think that, like, this is a great spot for Houston. I don't know if I can lay 20 and a half. But, I mean, would we be surprised at all if Oklahoma State struggles to get 45 points tonight? I wouldn't. I think Houston comes out super, super dialed in defensively. So maybe an Oklahoma State team under is a good angle if you really want one. Uh, which other uh, Big 12 uh, matchup? Well, not entirely Big 12, but but uh, is more intriguing tonight. You've got, of the ranked teams, Texas Tech, Baylor. A lot of people are going to pay attention to that one. Texas Tech not playing great ball right now, but that's a big number with the Bears. And uh, Oklahoma, BYU. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm eyeing Oklahoma, BYU. And BYU right. is super simple for me. When they shoot over 35% from three, they're great. When they don't, they're not so great. And so that's just kind of their game plan because they just take a ton of threes. So for me, the angle is Javian McCollum over 14 and a half points, Oklahoma star guard. He's been a little bit hit or miss lately. Some of his shooting numbers have gone down, but he's still one of the better shooters in the country. Lead guards against BYU have just eaten. Pop Isaacs went for 30. LJ Cryer had 23. Keyshawn Gilbert for Iowa State had 16. So McCollum at 14 and a half is a really good spot for him. I think Oklahoma finds a way to get this one done. Porter Moser is a very, very good defensive coach. We've seen him dial up great game plans. And I just don't think he's going to let BYU do its thing. He's going to make those threes really uncomfortable. Um, and so I, I think this is a good spot for Oklahoma. And if they if they do play well, I think Javion McCollum's in the middle of all of it. Um, let, let's talk about Kentucky because, well, somebody's got to <laughs> talk about Kentucky, Isaac. Um, they're on the road at Vanderbilt tonight, um, nine-and-a-half-point favorites. It's it, This seems like a perfect get-right spot, but, again, we're talking about a team that doesn't like to play defense going on the road. I wouldn't expect Vandy to pull off the upset here, but you do. I think we all have our questions about whether we can trust Kentucky at all, much less to the tune of nine-and-a-half even against Vanderbilt. Yeah, I can't bet that number. That's just, that's pretty scary for me, to be honest. You know, and it's one of those things, too, with like Kentucky. Uh, John Calipari has talked about DJ Wagner, the guy who's missed a little bit of time. He talks about him like he's like Rudy Gobert or like one of these Im impactful defenders on the sport. Like, oh, our defense will be so much better when DJ Wagner gets back as, as he's like a point guard defender who's a good defender, but I wouldn't say he's anything superstar special, right? So it's one of those situations where I, this is a no bet for me. This is ca like classic. They're begging you to bet on Kentucky right now. And this Vanderbilt team, they run really, really great sets. They're young. They haven't played well. But Jerry Stackhouse is known as one of the best X's and O's coaches in college basketball. 
SEC coaches love his sets, and they've played Kentucky pretty well lately. And they have two really talented guards. Ezra Mannion and Tyron Lawrence are two guys that can really fill it up. So if you're looking for props, I'd look at those two guards who, you know, Kentucky kind of suckers you into playing a high-tempo game. And if, if Vanderbilt's going to, you know, get up, up and down the floor, it's Lawrence and it's Mannion because they don't have much else after that. All right, so you have uh, Purdue as the best team in the country right now. Is, is part of that because they get every whistle in every game that I end up watching that I'm on the other side of? And I know I'm biased because of my bets, but I swear, man, some of these times, and it's the high leverage moments too that stand out. We don't remember the majority of the game. But like the end of the Wisconsin game, I'm like, really? Like he just changes pivot foot and you're not even going to call traveling. Like they're, He's dragging his foot along the baseline. I think he stepped out of bounds. Like, what are you doing? Um, but anyways, that's probably well, just me. <laughs> welcome to the Zach Eady experience, right? Like that's just, it's that's everything. Kind of, it is, yeah. it is. But I, you know, I think it's, I think we have started to reach a little bit of separation season where I, I do feel like Purdue and UConn, like those two teams look a little bit different than the rest. And I know I've talked a lot about, oh, this is really wide open and college basketball. There's so many teams that could win it. I don't know anymore. I feel like it feels like it's Purdue and it's UConn. And then there's some separation after that. And that's really? something that I keep thinking a lot about. Huh. Well, so I, you, I think it's so interesting, like, too. Like the tiers are different, maybe. Like maybe we should chill off, chill out on, okay, it's just so wide open that you, you think maybe there's that separation between tier one and like everybody else? Is that what you're saying? I, I do. That's kind of where I'm at. It feels like there's okay. a tier 1A, and that's UConn and Purdue. And then it's like kind of starting to to separate things a little bit where, you know, there there are some holes in Houston. There are some holes in Arizona, especially their three-point defense. Like we've seen North Carolina be a little bit vulnerable. We know Kentucky's vulnerable. You know, Tennessee has nights where they just don't make shots. And it feels like UConn and Purdue – our teams are, it's hard to find those flaws. Like it's it, on, especially on a consistent night in night out basis. It, it feels hard to find like, Hey, what do you guys suck at? Like they, they feel like they're pretty right. darn good at a lot of things. And, and not to take anything away from the rest of Purdue's roster, but obviously built around Edie, it feels like UConn has, has shown us over the last month, month and a half that this is, this is a team, like a total team effort, Isaac. And, and that's what has me believing in UConn maybe just a little bit more um, when we talk about those two teams at, at the, in the, the top upper tier. Um, just what, what do you expect from, from each of these two teams? What should we watch for in, I guess, 60 seconds or less between Purdue and UConn coming down the stretch here? No, I, th- I think it's a great point. I think UConn really complements each other super well. Their, their point guard play, Tristan Newton has been – Excellent this year. Cam Spencer comes in and plays well. You know, the thing is, is UConn just still hasn't really gotten to play everybody together. It feels like every single time that they get their full roster going, someone else gets hurt. Alex Caravan right now is banged up with an ankle injury. But the shooting, the defense, the size, the playmaking, you know, if Steph Castle continues to emerge for UConn, that's the guy. And then for Purdue, the X factor for me continues to be Braden Smith. He has to continue to be aggressive. Uh, I wrote about it yesterday. He, his numbers on pull-up jumpers, absolutely electric. And if he's playing like one of the best point guards in all of the Big Ten, that's a that's why Purdue's different. It's not just because Edie's better. It's because Braden Smith is an absolute dude. It's, Purdue is not just a one-man show. This is a two-man show right now. Great stuff as always, Isaac. We appreciate it, man. Can't wait to check in again next week and talk about whatever latest top 10 team has gone on the road and lost. <laughs> Can't wait any time. Isaac, 
Isaac Trotter, 24-7 Sports National College basketball writer. Lightning bets before we wrap up. And coming up next, haven't played this in a while, nickel or dime alongside Joe Ostrowski. I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM from BetQL. This is a total Paul Aspen bet, and it's really gross. But I'm gonna—I don't want to take the short number with the Niners. Obviously, I want to back up somebody. Two hundred to one, Fred Warner Super Bowl MVP. Go defensive. Oh my God. <laughs> Thought about it. <laughs> Listen, it would be would have to obviously be crazy, but like middle of the defense makes you a couple interceptions would have to be middle insane the, at the number. He's a guy at the number at two hundred to one, and it's only because I couldn't find Hufunga. So, <laughs> that is Joe. That is Joe. I did first person. First I did. I person did. to cackle. That's fair. That's fair. Was I cackling because I was laughing at your bet or because that was the Paul Aspen bet? That's what I was trying to figure out. Mm, you did both. preface it by saying it's a Paul Aspen bet. And, Chris, <laughs> the the uh, the Hufanga story is legendary. Like, Paul was – there was a month in this world when Paul was all up in Mina Kimes' mentions. It was a day. <laughs> It was all up in all up in is a crazy way to say that too. Wow! Wait, wait! (laughs) I I was not aware of this. Back it up and and start trying to find it. Scratch. So so, making a case for Hufanga Troy Polamalu case, which Chris can appreciate. Hufanga for Defensive Player of the Year. DPO with the Perp Plus thing going on and all that, and then Mina. Being a smart football mind, well, I put a tweet out there about some of his stats or something like that, and I just, you know, I mean, I have it already. If you if, if you'd like a dramatic reading of of this, I, oh. I have it in front of me. Okay, uh, in, I keep this on deck for when case. it comes up. At Mina uh, Kimes. So, Mina Kimes on the third of October, twenty twenty two. Hufunga already one of the most electric players in the NFL. Stock up emoji. Paul Aspen. <laughs> On the same day. No, one day later. Excuse me. Not a quote tweet, just to her. Not a quote tweet, straight up in the replies. Been looking for his DPOY odds for a few weeks. Still mostly unlisted, but a 75 to 1 and a 28 to 1 exclamation point now out there. Zero likes, zero replies, zero retweets. <laughs> but the impressions. The impressions. There's one. Though. How There's many? one bookmark, though, and it belongs to Mr. Jay Kassan. One bookmark, so he <laughs> yeah. oh, it doesn't even need a bookmark. This is, this is just straight up a screenshot. screenshot. It's great. Screenshot. <laughs> There's no doubt. Yeah, it's with the thousands of memes that he has. Just, It's funny because the whole Hundreds. idea, Chris, was he's like, I'm going to get it, get this thing rolling by replying to me to Kimes, and the internet's going to go get wild. a little traction. <laughs> a little traction. You got to take some shots. Sometimes you, you swing, miss, a swing. And fall in your face. Yep. Yeah, you are, you uh, as, 
as they say in the crypto world, you were trying to pump your bag and it didn't work. <laughs> that sounds nope. like 2020 big, crypto. Big like, bag. Yeah, I don't know what the 2024 term is. Does yeah. it exist? This is... Are we st- what is it? Are we still okay? Are we dead? I don't know. Is crypto still okay. alive? I don't know. Yeah. This is Anyways. another moment where I kind of miss that Aaron's not here today because pumping the bag would have been something we would have definitely gotten a reaction to. Paul just stays yeah. pumping that bag. I've been saying that about him. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Uh, congratulations to Jake. You've been vindicated. Uh, you're Fred you. Warner. Happy to be here. 200 to 1. Yeah, I'm, I'm out here trying to back my guy up and I get dragged through the mud. I mean, anytime the Hufanga thing comes up, you know what's about to happen. It's pretty good. That we're was, we're I acting like that part out too. We're acting like Fred Warner just was named Super Bowl MVP. Like there's not well, <laughs> he hasn't done anything. But again, I was right in that you laughed me into the break when I when I brought it. I up. did. I did. I did. That's. I'm, I can't wait for the I'm, box I'm, score. I'm, Similar like my I, reply tweet: zero tackles, zero tackles, zero passes defense, zero everything. I scratch. I'm, I, now yeah. I have yeah. that Warner under everything, right? Yeah. Go the other way. Yeah. Or, or or do we go? Yeah. Mm, we'll think. We'll, we'll, Seventeen tackles, three forced fumbles, four and a half sacks. Just game of a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Very funny. Now. Uh, time for nickel or dime Woo! it's time for nickel or dime should you spend five hundred dollars or one thousand dollars open up those wallets we give you the answers on nickel or dime on betql daily I will say, Paul is right. You got to take your shots on Twitter sometimes to get people's attention. Yeah. Like sometimes you oh. just got like I follow a guy who's currently tweeting at Miller Lite every day to get the Vortox <laughs> bottles back, and I get it. Like you got to take what? these shots. Which yeah. bottles? The Vortex bottles. Remember? Like from like, like the glass was spiraled inside. Yes, it was spiral at the top, so the marketing <laughs> was so that the beer would them? come out faster. God, I wish. I wish there was the number one in my attribute I want in I my beer is passionate is a about. high Could velocity you... on exit, right? Like right. that's what? what I need in my beer. Could you imagine it's... being so passionate about a bottle? The vortex style? bottle. Like you're gonna go spend moments of your day every day tweeting a company, which nobody's seeing it except for other people like Jake. Because well, see, high upside, it. like again, upside, downside, <laughs> upside. Who fog for for DPOY gains traction? Downside, the five of you make fun of me every day. Yeah, I'll, I'll make that trade. Jake knows yeah. about this guy, though. I do. Nobody knows yeah. except for us about you. <laughs> Got to tweet the vortex bottle that came out ten years ago every day. Got to do it. It's pretty good. It's a good bit. Yeah. Helps when you're doing pants beers. Anyway, um, back to uh, nickel or dime. Yeah, I said what I said, Paul. What are pants what beers? Are pants beers? <laughs> Wait, you're sneaking what them in the bar? It's so, no. So apparently pants beers is a thing that is taking over college campuses where frat guys are just straight up dumping beers down their pants. That's it. Like it's the whole bit. The actual beer. Not. Yep. Yeah, look it up. Wh- why? Like they can doing pants themselves later and they can't tell the do, difference or what? Doing like, pants beers with the fellows. I don't know. 
That is so the dumbest stupid. thing ever. Hit the reset button. <laughs> so, go home. I, Parents, I, go pick up your kids at college. They're being idiots. Yeah. All right, Paul, you're not invited to do pants beers this weekend. Sorry. I was going to invite I'm out. you. But... No, you I was never going to do pants beers. I don't want your pants <laughs> beers. You would do pants beers. <laughs> you, yeah, you don't want to wet yourself? Come on. Getting the, yeah. getting the best pair of Kirkland pants that I own. Now we're doing pants beers all weekend. Oh, my gosh. Sounds great. Just literally the dumbest thing uh, ever. Anyway. Yeah, these are the corners of the internet I live on. In case anybody was, uh, in case anybody yeah. was wondering. It's... All right, Nick bring back the vortex beers so you yeah. can do pants. So you could do faster pants faster. beers. It's the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> You're welcome. Go ahead. We are Jake. all now dumber. You're welcome. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, first nickel or dime. Would you rather go 500 the nickel on Kansas City to trail in the fourth quarter and then win at five to one? Or the dime a thousand on the longest field goal over forty seven and a half minus one ten. When Paul Basically, gave you out, choose between your children. Yeah, yes. when Paul gave this bet out earlier, Casey to trail in the fourth and win at five to one. I was thinking, if it's a one score game in the fourth quarter, Chiefs are down. What is that money line live? Is it five to one? Probably not. <laughs> Not even with close, the ball, right? Is it like closer to even money? Yeah, yeah. Like maybe two to one if you're down by seven. Like it's not five to one anywhere close to that. But uh, that thought would creep in. Like you, you, that that's pretty good value. But you know, you also need San Francisco to to be playing from in front. Look, I had um, longest field goal over four and seven and a half on my list. So I'm gonna go dime with that one. I think there's gonna be a kicker's game. Two conservative uh, coaches here. But um, man, that is a that's pretty good value at five to one for KC to be trailing yeah. and winning the game with Mahomes in the fourth. That's why I like that one, but I don't think I think the the field goal over. There's at least three field goals in this game, at least. Shanahan kicks one mm-hmm. from at least one from forty five. Um, so yeah, field goal over forty seven and a half, just a little less than even money. I dropped the dime on that one. All right. Second Super Bowl one. Would you rather go the nickel on Debo first first down at eight to one, or the dime on first TD type rushing plus one twenty five? I'm gonna be I would conservative have... again here. I Where think. are you going? Dime? Uh, d- dime? Yeah. Uh, Pacheco, McCaffrey, maybe Mahomes. Uh, we're not even talking about the the vulture touchdown from a Clyde Edwards Hilaire or. Even a Debo touchdown. Forget first, first down. I mean, any of those. Um, plus money on that? Yeah, thank you very much. I'm not I'm not rolling the dice that San Francisco gets to a third and two and decides to run a jet sweep to Debo. And by the way, these are two awful rushing defenses. And so you would expect these offensive coaches to try to exploit that. So I'm with you, the dime there. But, you know, there there's a path for Debo to have a big game. But, you know, you you feel like your bet's dead if KC gets the ball first, right? Like Mahomes is probably going to have a first down on that drive, and then there are so many weapons on the Niners side. I expect them to go heavy CMC early, especially uh, on the script. Yeah. Like, are they going to go to Debo for that first down? Yeah, not not something I had circled. So I would also go dime first uh, touchdown to be a rushing uh, touchdown at plus one twenty five. All right, to the NBA, would you rather go Kyle Lowry? Fun? No, I'm kidding. Uh, would you rather go the nickel on Cavs Eastern Conference 13 to 1 or the dime on Celtics to win the East plus 120? 
I don't like either one of these. Um, Secret option C, death. Yeah. If it gave you... A.K.A. the Knicks. Um, if you had a nickel yeah. on any, but any team that's not Boston, is there a team you'd go with? Uh, Knicks. I'd go New York. You would go Knicks. Yeah. What, a 9-1, to one, right? 9-1 to one to win the East? Yep, 9-1. to one. I could do that. I could get there. You I don't know if I could get to the Knicks Cavs. In the NBA Finals? No, but I like the value. I mean, yeah. better than I like Cleveland. Better than I, 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 I'm out on Milwaukee. Um, I mean, the, the the smart conservative play again is the dime, and it's still plus money on the Celtics. It's just not altogether great value. When I don't know, with the Knicks and the Cavs, both we're just talking about teams that are extraordinarily hot right now, right? So, yeah. which team could I see translating that into? Oh. We're going to look up in April, and who knows? Maybe they meet in the first round again. Um, and they've somehow taken what they learned in late January, early February, and translated it into April. Um, I'll take the Knicks, I think. A little more veteran presence there. Randall? There's a 20-1 to 1 on the Heat. If I you're was just going to say that. Trying to make a case for somebody else. Man, Um like I mentioned, I, I like the Cavs, but the schedule has been so soft for them to take down the Celtics. Just to, to answer the question, I would go Boston just because it's hard to identify that second team that you really like. So if I'm going number yeah. hunting for that other team, somebody's going to take down uh, the C's at some point. The value there on 20 to 1 is probably too much. Um, are we definitely out on the Sixers? Like, what do we know about Embiid? Not know we're going to problem. They, they say we're going. They won't know anything until after the procedure. Yeah. yeah, they said reevaluated in four weeks. Okay. Yeah, because they're twenty-one to one for the East, which is nope. no. You wouldn't take twenty-one to one. And they never get past the Celtics. Embiid's knee is going to be bulky throughout the playoffs. I would like yeah. to say I'd get there, but I can't get there. And then the, the only follow up to that. Like, no reason to sprinkle anything on the Pacers, right? I'm not even going to consider the Magic. They're a year or two too soon. But, like, Pacers, the defense, just they can't probably. You're going to score 140 every playoff game you win? Because they're probably going to have to do that. I know things tighten up in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah. No, if if I were to find a team for nickel, I'd probably go Heat. But otherwise, I would just go Celtics dime. Really quick, college basketball, would you rather go the nickel on hashtag Izzo in March with Michigan State at 60-1 to 1 for the Natty or the dime on your choice, UConn or Purdue, 8-1 to 1 and plus 750 respectively? Jeez. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Secret I'm all in. Or if you got another nickel available. here. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all in on UConn this year. I got them at 14-1 to 1 a couple months ago, and so I'm going to lean into that. Down to eight to one now. Yeah, I'll take that. I just, it, sorry, Purdue may get past the first round this year. Congratulations on all your success. Uh, but I don't know. UConn, like Isaac was just saying a couple minutes ago, uh, a better built team than Purdue. Michigan State's played very well at home. They haven't done much else. I mean, I guess you could have that storyline for a lot of teams, but when you're expecting, okay, maybe they can go on this big run, then they'll drop a couple of games like Northwestern Illinois. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not buying into that. And on on the other side of the question, Perdon, no, 
no, this is never happening. But UConn, yeah, I, I could see it happening. That That's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Is there truly that top tier? Is there more separation there? Because we like to say it's so wide open, but you know it's tough. So what what does it mean with all these road teams having struggles? If it is closer, like how yeah. do we take advantage of that with the, all these neutral sites in the tournament? That's I'm I'm sure something we're going to revisit a is bunch. The Big Twelve again because you get a better number on a Big Twelve team because they do they've got four or five conference losses yeah. and everybody's got their doubts about them. Then BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Up next, our favorite plays. For today, Lightning Bets, next right here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Alongside Joe Ostrowski, Chris Mack with you. It's BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Aaron Hawksworth off today. We continue the buildup towards Super Bowl 58. If you missed anything, you know you can uh, you can use the Rewind feature on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or get us as a podcast later. Everything there conveniently waiting for you to download and listen to it, whether it was our visits with Isaac Trotter to talk college hoops, Vaughn Dalzell to talk about some of his Super Bowl bets, or our own Super Bowl prop bet draft. Super Bowl MVP talk in there as well. You can go back and get it. You can also watch the show every day on Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql, and on YouTube as well. Oh, NFL year in review too, because the AFC North was the three playoff teams somehow. I still can't wrap my head, Joe, around Three overs? Happened. Three overs, yeah. three playoff teams. That's not happening. And could again. have been, and and if not for Burrow getting hurt, like, is it possible that all four make it? I guess he still probably would have had three or four playoff teams. I don't know if he'd get, have gotten all three wild cards from the same division, but um, you can't have a team win in thirteen games though for that to happen. No, no, you can't. You're gonna have to have a little more parity within the division, which maybe they get next year. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Patrick Mahomes' dad bod response earlier in the show as well, if you missed any of it. But time for lightning bets. Joe, what do you have today? All right. I'm going to get to this uh, in a moment. But I, I had a question for you. I meant to get to it yesterday. Mm. Ran out of time. That's how Mondays are. Are you past the stage of daddy-daughter dances? Yeah. Are you done with those? Yeah. It's over? Yeah. yeah 14, I may have had the last done. one. Oh, I thought it was a little bit younger. No, 14, 14, our son is 10, so... Um, when was the last, last one for you? I want to say, this is, so we're in ninth grade now, probably sixth grade, I want to say. Oh! the last... That was yeah. pretty good, then. That was pretty good. Yeah, fifth or sixth grade. My daughter's in fourth. There were some fifth graders, so I'm like, maybe there will be one more. But beyond that, I think it's, it's just about a wrap. But yeah, it's... I... I, I dropped my daughter off. She goes to this special program on Sundays at Carnegie Mellon University, this thing that she got into. Um, I don't know. Smart people go to Carnegie Mellon, and she's not like it's. But anyway, um, like I dropped her off outside the building and like watched her like walk up the steps and into this like college building. And I, I had a moment, man, where I was like, mm, uh, onions, 
being cut. This is mm. it's like she's a freshman in high school, uh, and I'm wa- watching her walk up the steps into some college building for a special class that she gets to go to. Um, yeah, it was a little much. It was a little much. Um, that's where we're at. That's where my time. I know. Is, like, so. that's there are things happening now where it's like, is this the last time? Is this like yeah. our last trip to Disney? I think that was our last Disney trip uh, as a family. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, like she doesn't. Know. She's probably not going to play. You know, you know. There's there's high school softball now, and there's there's travel team softball. She's probably yeah. not going to play like rec league community softball this year. There's just not enough time between high school and uh-uh. travel, and it's like. I'm done. I'll, I'll never coach her again. Like, that's weird, man. That's. I oh, you were the coach? I wasn't. I was one of the coaches, yeah. And, like, it was, oh, it was fun. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd coach first base and I'd tell the girls when to, you know, run on a pass ball. That was basically yes. it. That was all it boiled down to. Um, but, like, you know, r- remind them when there's two outs and you're going on contact, that kind of stupid stuff. But, like, yes. That's not going to happen again. It's done. It's over Look, with. Chris, I, I will let you uh, live through me because I will have plenty of stories this summer from 11U baseball. Trust me. Oh, you, yes. you, you've you seen it with the parents and how it's progressed over the years. And every year it's getting a little bit worse. I think oh, I have a good group. God. We shall see. But um, you can't control what's happening on the other side, too. Like, there's always no. there's always a lot of content in these sports, especially once they're getting closer and closer to teenage. Hey, it's just ridiculous how serious it yeah. is at 9 and 10 and 11. So Stop I'm it, sure people. even more Stop so. It. Yeah, they're not you got to be. In some, cases, in some cases, they're not even pitching. There is quite literally an adult out in the middle of the field pitching to them. Stop taking this stuff so <laughs> damn seriously. They can't. They can't. It's just ridiculous. Anyways. Um, all right. Lightning bets. Let me get to those. We talked to MVP earlier. Mm-hmm. Like we can come up with ridiculous long shots and like Fred Warner. There are some people out there touting that. Let's just, just <laughs> insane. But uh, how about non QB options? <laughs> so pe- there's people out there. Um, people, you know them. I'm looking non-QB, which means it's probably going to be a lock for a QB. But I think there's a, there's a strong case for a couple of players, one on each side. And it's uh, Kelsey and CMC. And we're getting decent value still. Kelsey, 17-1. to 1. Again, the fan vote is 20%. He's going to get a good chunk of that. Um, you know, the gap between 17-1 to 1 or plus 140 for Mahomes. All right, I'll take Kelsey. Yeah, it's most likely going to be Mahomes. But that gap is just, just too wide, especially the way he's played uh, in the playoffs right now. And... CMC. I think they're going to be looking for a reason not to give it to Purdy. Uh, I've got a Bosa ticket, but CMC at nearly 5-1, to one, that's a lot of value. couple of game props that we went over. Check out our draft because a lot of different options for game props. We're going to do this each and every day. But uh, the ones that I liked from that conversation, no on a two-point conversion attempt. It's, it's juiced a little bit, but not too much. Everybody bets on the yes. Everybody bets on that there's going to be a successful two-point attempt. These two teams never do this. And maybe that's just how the season played out, where they were comfortable in games, not so much in Kansas City. But conservative coaching styles, they don't go for twos. Maybe it's different in the Super Bowl, but I'll say uh, we get a no, and if you wait, I bet you get a better number on a no price there. And uh, I see a lot of field goals, so the one I'm going to give out now, I don't mind Jake's over 47.5 yards for the longest field goal, especially – an allegiant like that's very kicker friendly and these coaches know that but i'm going to say yeah. successful field goal distance all the field goals combined i'm going to go over 
115 and a half yards for lightning bets. I'm going to wait before I lock any of those game props in, I think. How about Mm -hmm. I noticed this morning when looking at one of the offshore places, um, you remember the one I mentioned last week? It was one of the special props. Um, Any scoring drive to be shorter than the length of the national anthem. And it was, I was like, oh, you have to jump on this because it's yes at plus, uh, or excuse me, it was no at plus 200. I was like, it's two to one. Like, I don't think either of these teams is going to put together a bang, bang scoring drive of like less than 90 seconds. They must have had the numbers transposed. Maybe it's, look, it's entirely possible. I transposed the numbers, but I was really exact when I wrote those down. I went back and checked it again this morning and they have flipped the numbers. So it's now... Uh, no is minus 300 and yes is plus 200. They got, Oh, so if I would have just, if I would have jumped on it last week, I would have had it, but I wonder if they voided those bets because they could say that I thought about that too. It's a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Quite possibly. It wouldn't have worked out anyway. So I was Um, on, um, I was on Jim Sonis' show and every, every year we go over the, the novelty props, man, there's some that I didn't realize. I'm really excited about when we talk about it. There, there's a couple props out there that are really exciting. And I can't believe this Reba number keeps jumping. Why yeah, is it, it going 90 up? 90 and a half now? Is it 90, 90 and, and a half? half seconds? Oh. Yeah. That's nothing, I, though, for a country anthem, man. She's going to drag it out. You know, get a draw. Disagree. Yep. I That's not what she does, though. That's not what she does. People act out of character when they're on the world stage, Joe. <laughs> they forget words. Everybody, two billion people watching. Um, all right, let's see. I'm going to, it's not great value, but I just, the more I think about it, the more I think it's likely that MVP is going to be kind of a default mechanism, and I've told you I'm on the Chiefs. So Mahomes at plus 135 for MVP. Going to buy that one up today. Um, no no special reason to do it today other than, uh, I, I, wanna, I don't think there'll be movement on it, but just in case. Uh, lock it in now. And then uh, a couple of NBA bets. I like Miami uh, laying just three at home against Orlando. And it's fade Bucks season. Fade Milwaukee season. Uh, Phoenix laying three and a half at home to the Bucks. The road trip from hell continues for Milwaukee. So I will take the Suns minus three and a half. And I'll probably even put a little bit of something on Phoenix over the team total. Of 124 and a half because it's plus money. A big number. Uh, but we've seen how Milwaukee's playing defense and it's not getting any better under Doc. So give me Phoenix over 124 and a half team total at plus 105. Paul, you got anything today? Yeah, I'll throw some of those props out there as well. And I will be dipping back into the college hoops markets for better, for definitely, for worse. But uh, Casey trailing in the fourth quarter and the win. This is the Kyle Shanahan choke job bet. Uh, Casey trailing in the fourth and win at 5-1. to one. How many times we got to see this movie? We just need San Francisco to be ahead when they get to the fourth quarter. Yeah. And then, what? how did I put it? Field goals more than touchdowns or something like more likely? Field goal than <laughs> anyway, know. field goal whatever profound words I had field goal before a touchdown at plus one thirty five uh, for the first score of the game. That's good. Just a safety, not involved. Just the field goal will happen before a touchdown does at plus one thirty five, And then heading home for Jones birthday. So in honor Ooh. of the St. Joe's Hawks uh, back in Philly hosting Dayton tonight, 
We're not going to go with the Hawks on the money line, but both these uh, teams love to shoot the hell out of the ball from three. So over 141 and a half uh, between Dayton and St. Joe's May 10 action. Joan Bet St. Joe's. Joan um, Like that. Uh, Jake, do you want to throw anything in as well? Yeah, I'll do that longest field goal over 47 and a half. Uh, I will be aligned with you, Chris, uh, fading the Bucks, obviously. And then I'm also going to take the Thunder inside of possession at the Jazz tonight. The Thunder is a better team, so I'll take that as well. Lay the two and a half with OKC. That's it. NBA Jake. Um, also Fred Warner Jake. Yeah, how's that going? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty awesome. <laughs> That was, that was said with some, some venom. I didn't really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. like, last time we heard from you, it was good. I just wonder if the heater was still going. Pretty good. Uh, not to, like, be the guy that was like, oh, look what I did. But I played Evan Mobley double-double last night. That was pretty awesome. Um, that was, like, plus 280. So that was sick. So, oh, that's one of those know. bets you gave out on You Better You Bet, but not on our show. Okay. Cool. No, yeah. it was something that I just played <laughs> on my own. Okay. Thanks a lot, Jake. Appreciate Anytime. it. Thanks for sharing. Um, tomorrow we do it again, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern every day right here live coast to coast on the BetQL network, wherever you may be in the world on your Odyssey app. For Gurch, for Jake, for Paul, for Joe, I'm Chris Mack. This has been BetQL Daily.